0: The UK Report. Let's cross to the United Kingdom and one of my old mates in the UK, Enda Brady, joining us for a Saturday morning, a Friday in the UK. Hello, mate.
1: Mr Maynard, Happy New Year.
0: Great to speak to you. Brilliant to have you on the program because there is so much news in the UK to discuss this morning, including one of your biggest rate rises for mortgages, and we're talking about that as well on the show today here, in about a decade.
1: Yeah, so what's been happening basically is every month the Bank of England's Monetary Policy Committee meet and they talk about mortgage rates and they make a decision whether to hold them as they are, move them up, move them down. For the 10th month in a row, they have put them up. So the base rate at the Bank of England is now 4% and then your borrower or your, your lender basically is going to be adding on their percentage on top of that. So you're looking at between 52 and 7% for mortgages in the UK right now. And what's happened, Clinton, is I think people have got addicted to the low interest rates that we had here for a decade after the global financial crash. And now things are really tough here. I mean, talking to people, you've got record prices at the servos. So we're paying about maybe $3.40 for a litre of fuel at the servos. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah, our heating bill in my house, I kid you not, we're hitting $40 a day. That was January. So... You're looking at 12, upwards of $1,200 last month, Was what my heating bill was. Gee. Food prices, food inflation is now running past 13%. Wages are stagnating. And on top of that, the house you live in has just got a hell of a lot more expensive. Yeah. And look so at... we're being squeezed. And I think, look, there's, there's no winners here. And the government doesn't seem to have any ideas about how to sort things out.
0: And it's, it is similar here. But not to that scale and i've mentioned petrol prices here this morning and petrol prices and and one of my friends clive mentioned to me a 44 cent litre jump overnight our prices vary wildly as you probably know but but our current yeah. petrol prices is around depending on where you are in this country must say two dollars a litre not three dollars forty my goodness
1: yeah it's i mean So I've just dropped a mate of mine who lives in Melbourne, actually. He's over visiting his parents. I've just dropped him from where I live outside Oxford up to Birmingham. And I always just observe people now when I'm out and about, just behaviour, driver behaviour. I stopped off at a servo. Um, Nobody fills up the tank anymore here, Clinton. Nobody (laughs) fills the tank.
0: I I must admit, I'm the same. That's where
1: we are in 2023 in England.
0: I'm I'm actually the same, and I I'm fortunate I catch public when I say fortunate, I do catch public transport a lot, so yeah. I don't need to always have a full tank of petrol. But I've got to the point where I very rarely fill it up completely. I was I was in the UK in, in September for uh, the Queen's funeral, and it was it was just fun. And I hadn't been to the UK for about six years before that, and I was just really intrigued looking at different prices and comparing the home you know, doing the exchange. I actually found that some supermarket prices i actually found cheaper than back home but then other things yeah, okay. you know, some takeaway food prices for instance were a lot more expensive it just probably depends what what i was looking at
1: yeah look i get look I, I was quite staggered last time i was in australia i was i was in sydney for a wedding and we stayed in coogee because my my mate was was living there and i, I was asked to basically MC the wedding and um I was staggered at some of the restaurant prices in in certain parts of Sydney. I thought, wow, this is eye-watering compared to what we're used to. And then there was, you know, it's give and take. But ultimately, I mean, absolutely everything here has got more expensive in the last 12 months. And you can't blame Putin for everything. You know, we need to be producing more of our own energy. Um, I was lucky enough to go to Norway recently, and I'll tell you what, they are living the dream up there. It's, it's an amazing country. Everything happens on time. There's no trains running in Britain today. The train drivers are on strike. So my mate wanted to go and visit his mother and his father, and he had no way of getting there. He, I, had to, I just had to basically take a day off work and say to him, I'll run you up there. Um, because that's where we're at now. Everyone is going on strike. Yeah,
0: and that's because obviously the wages can't keep up with uh, inflation and the cost of living. Your prime minister's now been in power for a hundred days. Uh, after a hundred days, I, I guess he, he can't yet to be be judged a success because of all these issues you're facing.
1: Well, look, he's been in charge for a hundred days, and he hasn't come up with any solutions in that time. I mean, look, he speaks well, and he—I was going to say—he he comes presen- across so much better. Presents well, doesn't he? he? Yeah. Yeah, he does. But look, it's a low bar. I mean, we've ha- we've gone from <laughs> having Liz Truss as prime minister for forty-five Five days. Seconds, yeah. I mean, you might as she looked like she'd won a competition in a-, a packet of chips to become British prime minister for six weeks. That was how bad she was, and she replaced Boris Johnson. And I, I didn't actually think it could get any worse after him. Um, so he's come in off the back of two really bang average leaders. So he needs to come up with some ideas. My own personal belief is that, and I've been doing a bit of thinking on this, we saw Shell announce profits upwards of $60 billion here the other day. Um, these companies, to my mind, they love being in London. Everyone keeps saying, oh, you can't tax the big companies because they, they just, they'll just move. They won't move from London. London, for me, is the centre of, of the world, if not one of the greatest cities. Everyone wants to be here. All the executives, all the talent, their families, their partners, their husbands, their wives, everyone wants to be in London, Clinton. And I think we need to do something now with these massive companies who seem to be bleeding Britain dry. And I'm not just saying fuel companies and energy companies, but, you know, there's big tech corporations, there's social media companies, there's coffee companies. They're all making an awful lot of money in this country and putting, as far as I can see it, very little back. And we need to address that situation The British elite, who, as soon as they get a knighthood from the royal family, head off to the Caribbean, to some tax haven, or or the south of France, or Monaco, or somewhere. You know, we need to address our relationship with these people as well, because they've had the best of Britain. And again, I would ask them the question, are you happy with what you're putting back? Because you're not putting much in.
0: Is Richie? I mean, he, he, your, your Prime Minister comes from quite a privileged background, and he's been very successful in, in business himself. Is he a little too removed from the everyday person to understand what they're going through with cost of living?
1: Let me tell you a story, not just him and, and, and the people around him. Look, he's a multimillionaire, and good luck to him. I've no problem with yeah. people making money and being successful. His wife is a billionaireess. I just don't understand how he can sit there and argue that the government can't pay nurses more than a 2% pay rise on the pittance they get paid. My mother was a nurse, a psychiatric nurse and in Ireland, I, I stress. And my dad was a police officer, again, in Ireland. You know, I've seen firsthand the people who we turn to when we're sick, the people we turn to to protect us. We don't pay them enough. And for a multimillionaire, and his billionaire wife, for him to be lecturing about 2% being okay, I mean, families are going to the wall here right now. A government minister the other day. Wait to hear this, Clinton. You, you've been in the media game a long time. Gillian Keegan is education secretary, running the Department of Education in the British government. Teachers are on strike this week, so my kids did not go to school one day this week. The teachers are on strike. People can discuss the merits of various different professions going on strike or not. Gillian Keegan, the education secretary, she popped up on TV discussing the strikes and what the unions are after on behalf of the teachers while wearing a £10,000 Rolex watch. So that's kicking on for twenty grand Australian yeah. on her wrist on a TV programme. And she said afterwards that she was questioned about it, and she said, look, my husband gave it to me for my 50th birthday. Best of luck, if you can, you know, my God, use your brain. If you're going on TV to tell people that they can't have more than a 2% pay rise, don't have a, a 20 thousand dollar wristwatch But, but put does, your pocket put it in your handbag
0: does does the labor and i know you're quite a few years away from election anyway so it's almost inconsequential yeah. but but does the labor opposition have any answers to these problems
1: look labor from from my mind what labor need to do is address brexit now they've kind of done a bit of a fudge and saying oh we're not going back into the european union the major obstacle holding the united kingdom back right now is our trading relationship with 27 other near and dear neighbours in the United Kingdom in the European Union. We have left just basically an open door to, to the European market. It's like someone, it's like someone's turned up with a, a gun, a shotgun, and blown their foot off. That is what the UK has done in 2016 by voting for Brexit. We're bleeding money here. And I'll tell you who's laughing all the way to the bank. The Irish government. The Irish are attracting investment, they've got companies coming in, educated workforce, base yourself in Dublin, very low corporation tax rates, English-speaking, educated workforce, and you're a 50-minute flight from London. So if you want to do business in London, 50 minutes. You're, you, there's states in Australia you're not even going to fly the length of in the, in the time you yeah, can get absolutely. from. You know, it, it's just been the most short-sighted decision. Labour need to address that. And Keir Starmer, you know, the leader of Labour, a lot of people have, say, have said to me, members of the public, I'm out and about, and I'm chatting to people, and they say, oh, but he's quite dull, isn't he? Do you know what Britain needs right now, Clinton? And I appreciate I'm sounding like I'm on a rant here. Britain needs someone stable and someone focused and someone who wants to serve this country and not themselves and their mates.
0: Yeah, good point. Uh, Just a couple of other issues. And look, let's just talk about money. A fair bit of money flying around the world, world of football or soccer, as we call it.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you what, Clinton, it will be a great week to be a soccer agent. The end of January, transfer window has slammed shut. Chelsea have splashed the most amount of cash. So, Chelsea have bought a World Cup winner from Argentina. Enzo Fernandez is this fella. He's 22. He's a defensive midfielder, very, very good player. Um, Chelsea have just spent in the region of 210 million Australian dollars on this guy. And I have to say, you know, the, the shrewdest people in all of this, there's two other clubs involved. So, he's from Argentina. He left River Place, the club in Argentina, a year ago. Um, for about $16 million Australian dollars. They sold them on to Benfica in Portugal. So why a, a lot of South American young fellas end up in Portugal, kind of like a soft landing in Europe. But the culture is a little bit more Latin. And the language difficulties aren't so bad, especially if you're coming from Brazil, where obviously they speak Portuguese. Um, but he speaks, he's a Spanish speaker, clever lad, picked up a bit of Portuguese, started playing really well, won the World Cup, Chelsea have come in, and spent $210 million on him. Now, wait till you hear this. So Benfica have made a monster profit in seven or eight months that they had this fella. River Plate inserted a clause in the deal from him going from them in Argentina to the club Benfica in Portugal. 25% sell-on. You sell him, we're taking 25% of the profit. So they're picking off a quarter of $210 million for basically nothing absolutely amazing
0: amazing stuff and and just last we're almost out of time the disabled veterans charity
1: yeah i want to talk about a young englishman i've met recently and he has just his resilience and and what happened to him darren edwards is his name now in the last couple of hours he's just finished a marathon yeah. in perth uh, the burrswood area of perth if anyone knows wa um he's a former soldier he was a special forces soldier he fell off a mountain and broke his back And he was told he would never walk again. So he's in a wheelchair. Darren is doing seven marathons in seven days on seven continents. So the Australian one is now ticked off. He's currently at the airport in Perth. They are heading to, I think it's Dubai next. So he's done Antarctica. From Antarctica, they went to Cape Town. So that's the African marathon. Perth, he's done the Australian one. Dubai will be the the Middle East, the Asian one, effectively, I guess, as a continent, then on to Madrid, then they fly to Brazil, and then they finish up in Miami in Florida, and that's the North American one. Um, He's raising money for a veterans charity over here. Check him out, uh, Darren Edwards, and he's from Shropshire in England, young English fella. He is just the best. I've I've grown really close to him. The more time I spend with him, I just think... I I run marathons, and I, I... Look, I, I, I think what a great privilege to be able to, to run and get out there and use your legs, and this fellow's doing it the hard way, in a wheelchair, seven marathons, seven days, seven continents. And he has a, a coaching website where he speaks and he talks about things called strength strength through adversity. Um, give him a follow. You won't regret. Darren Edwards.
0: Well, and you've, you've brought us some fairly dire news from London and the UK this morning, but that's, that's ending on a, a really positive note, that there are certainly people... That humanity, who is just willing to give so much, uh, Darren Edwards is his name. Great to talk to you, and um, we've been talking for years, and it'd be great to talk to you throughout the coming months as well. Thank you, Ender.
1: Good on you, Clinton. Have a have a great weekend when you get a break, and I'll talk to you soon. See you next week,
0: Ender Brady in the UK.